And welcome back from commercial break. While you went to the bathroom, that's right, Duke lost. And your bracket is done. Hey, it's Burgers and Brats with your hosts, Braxton Poe and Matt Marks. I'm literally still crying about that. Really? I'm not. Uh, my That was the only way I was going to win my brackets now. I lost three Final Four teams. I, I had a 99.8% correct bracket before this weekend. I'm at like 80. That thing just went downhill fast. I think on ESPN, I think I'm at like 98%. So so, so we still, switched. We, well, I mean, I was always hovering around there. You were just still barely a little bit above me, but I'm uh, feeling good right now. I was at 99%. So, this yep. weekend just, I was so perfect. And then this weekend happened. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but there's some other shocking news that came out this weekend that, uh, man, I'm not, I'm not happy about this news, to be honest. It's, it, it's personal with my team right here. So it's, what, what do you got? It's bad to be a Mavs fan, Matt. It's looking bad to be a Mavs fan. Well, this season it is. I mean, you see our record. <laughs> it's it's I mean, looking it's worse. Gonna, it's going to get better. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get better, maybe, hopefully. Tank mode is in full effect, but you might need another starting center for next year. There's trouble in Dallas with Kristaps Porzingis, who faces a rape allegation from his time in New York. He's accused of raping and beating a woman while a member of the Knicks last year. So according to Tina Moore of the New York Post, the alleged sexual incident occurred at 2 a.m. on Wednesday, February 7, 2018. Hours earlier, the 7-3 Porzingis had torn his ACL. So he did this after he tore his ACL. What kind, what kind of night is that? But after he tore his ACL on his left knee during a game between the Knicks and the Bucks at the Garden, and he hasn't played since that injury, but citing a New York Police Department source, Moore says the accuser was a neighbor of Porzingis and Sky, a luxury apartment building in Midtown West. The accuser, whom the Post describes as an African-American woman in her 20s, claims that Porzingis invited her to his penthouse and proceeded to rape her. She accuses Porzingis of repeatedly punching her in the face, while well, the alleged rape occurred. occurred. Uh, so there's no evidence of it. Some find her credible. Other other sources at the NYPD are saying it's nothing but fake. But it's some strong allegations right there. And if she can provide evidence as in um, pictures or medical records, because there's no evidence that she went to the hospital after the incident occurred um, yet. So we'll see what plays out in the coming days. But... Porzingis offered to pay her 68000 in hush money to pay for her brother's tuition. And then we don't know if she sought treatment. And then what's big, though, is that the Mavs knew about this before the trade, which is kind of shocking why, why the Mavs would still trade for him if they knew this was coming, and they gave up a lot for Porzingis. And then, so, in New York, a first-degree rape charge in New York can be from 5 to 25 years of a sentence so that's some pretty big that's some hefty time if he is accused yeah well the Mavericks knew about it I mean in the trade but it's an allegation I mean you've got to wait and figure out what this comes down to if you know if this actually did happen or if this is an extortion case I mean of course if you know you don't want to you know you got to look at it both ways and if this actually did happen this is a shame that it did it's a shame that you know what could happen and but I you know I, it's hard to tell. Um, yeah, this is just an awful story you don't want to see with anybody, with any athlete. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, really, it, it comes down to 
uh, you know, finding out what the, you know, the, the criminal investigation is, or, you know, the investigation into this and see kind of um, what, what, what legal challenges will, you know, Porzingis will have to face or what, what comes of it. I mean, you know, if they find this isn't credible, then, you know, always, this will kind of always be with them. But, I mean, if it is an extortion case, then, you know, and he's an innocent man, then, you know, you don't want to shame him as well, but you don't want to shame the victim. I mean, it's one of those things that you just got to see and wait and see what the investigation says. So, I mean, that's all I really have to say on it. I mean, it's a shame um, that any of this is going down. For the Mavericks, you know, you don't know what the, you know, he's going to be a big part of the future, and now this kind of puts maybe a cloud over it. Hopefully not. But, again, it's all based on what they find in the investigation. Yeah, and sources tell TMZ that Porzingis allegedly pinned the woman on the bed in his guest room, hit her multiple times in the face, and even spit on her. But that's not the, that's terrible. But then the woman also claims that, he warned her that he owns her and then referred to her as my slave so that, that's not good at all either and then the male's NYPD source called the rape claim a ridiculous accusation without any merit and the sources added that Porzingis and the accuser had a consensual sexual ongoing relationship that continued well after the alleged incident and then the source described any continuing relationship as a huge red flag and one that potentially undermined the accu- accusation of rape. Yeah, so again, you know, you have to wonder if, if maybe, you know, they have this relationship and he made promises and then backed off of it. She throws this on him under the bus now with this. Or I just, again, I don't want to comment on something like this and, you know, say, you know, I don't, I don't know all the facts, so I don't want to be judgmental on this. You know, I hope he's innocent. For the Mavericks' sake and whatever, I mean, looking forward to having him play with Luca and see what the Mavericks can do in the off season. I, so I, I'd hate to see this for anybody and any player. Um, but you know, of course, you know, you don't want to shame. You know, if this did happen to this woman, you know, I, I, just wait for the facts. And that's all I want to say on it. Just wait for the facts. Yeah, it is sad because he's only 23 years old, and this will ruin his career, ruin his life. If it is, if it is true, he deserves it. But and then. But what's interesting is she waited 13 months and three weeks from the alleged incident to contact the police. So that's a lot of time to just think of this and come forward, think of the financial negotiations for it. But yeah, we'll see what happens from here on out. Moving on to, uh, well, not a brighter note for my bracket, but maybe for yours, Matt, March Madness had some very nice games over the weekend, very entertaining. You want to start us off with it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, Wow, I'm telling you, that was some good stuff. It, it was not fun. Oh, well, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was um, terrible. I really enjoyed it. What, it was a great last couple of days of basketball. I mean, just this has been a fun bracket, and, and I guess I have to say that because, yeah, my bracket's done really well, <laughs> but it really has been fun. Today, um, or really I should say, I mean, over this weekend, we saw – um, you know, Texas Tech for the first time or in program history making it to the Final Four. What a great job Chris Beard and his team um, did this weekend to advance. Auburn made it first time in program history to the Final Four, so congrats to Bruce Pearl and his squad for making it this far. Um, today, Auburn uh, beat Kentucky over the week. Sorry, Sunday beat them over, uh, beat Kentucky. UNC. What? UNC. Yeah, UNC. Well, they beat UNC earlier. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm getting my day mixed up. <laughs> Auburn beating Kentucky most recently. But yeah, they beat UNC. They beat UNC bad. 
and that couldn't believe that, and that's what shocked a lot of people because that a lot of people had North Carolina maybe in their championship game or in the Final Four, but in the recent game to get to the Final Four, Auburn did beat Kentucky seventy-seven to seventy-one in overtime, and uh, you know what a, what a crazy game that was um, for Auburn. Um, you, this was this is what's a really cool stat right here. Bryce Brown had twenty-four points. And as I'm pulling out my stats right up here, Jared Harper had 26. So those guys combined doing heavy damage, 50 points worth of damage right there. Um, Jared Harper 11 for 11 on free throws, and uh, Brown was 4 for 7 on threes. Um, really, really kind of an interesting day for Auburn because their three-point shots were not going as, as well as they wanted. I mean, they shot 30%, but this is a hot shooting Auburn team. Um, on the on the other side, Kentucky worse on threes. They were five for 21, 23 percent. Um, you know, we always say you got to make your free throws, right? Auburn was 75 percent. Kentucky was 57. Um, yeah, they missed nine free throws and lost by six. Do the math. Yep, not very good right there. Um, and their highest scorer was on their bench, and that was PJ Washington, and he had 28 points. So he was doing pretty much everything for the Wildcats that he could, but Auburn really found a way to win. And, uh, I mean, just a great win for that Auburn program, first Final Four in program history. They'll face Virginia. Do you they, think they have a shot against Virginia? Well, in my bracket, I got Virginia winning it all. This is going to be tough, though, but what Virginia's been able to do in every game so far is they've been able to take the opponent and morph them off of their offensive tempo and take them into theirs. Their defense has been so good it's thrown everyone else off. Virginia had a really, really good game against Purdue. Now, I know you were traveling this weekend, so I don't know if you got to see any highlights of the game, a little bit of it. But Virginia had to, they made a shot at the buzzer of regulation to tie it up. I mean, they almost, they were almost done. And I was like, oh, well, there goes my bracket, you know. Hits the shot, goes to overtime, and then they end up beating Purdue. And that's a really good Purdue team. That's a team that could have made it to the Final Four, maybe even the championship game. Really, really good Purdue team. Um, but Virginia makes it. They're in. And then, going to the last game of this weekend, Michigan State and Duke. Duke, barely beating UCF. Duke, barely beating Virginia Tech. Duke, Losing to Michigan State, sixty-eight to sixty-seven, and Braxton, I tell you, I know you're crying. He's crying right here. Tears are flowing through his eyes. If you could see it right now, it'd be great for a picture. But yeah, I know, I know. So disappointing for your bracket. This was such a great game, and if you missed the game, I want to just take you through a quick little play-by-play at the end of this second half because this is really. This was such a back-and-forth game. I think Duke's largest lead was eight. Michigan's was three. I mean, it was just this very – or seven. It was very – or sorry, Duke's largest lead was nine, and Michigan State was like eight. It was going back and forth. So let's just – I'm going to just take you through this kind of final minute. Duke is up 66-65, to 65, okay? R.J. Barrett misses a jumper. Michigan State gets the rebound. Kenny Goins makes a three. They're up by two, all right? With 39 seconds left. Huge three of the game. R.J. Barrett misses a three. Duke gets offensive rebound. Calls a timeout. 
Then, with six seconds left, foul Xavier Tillman on uh, for Michigan State. R.J. Barrett misses the first free throw. Oh, bummer. Duke, um, R.J. Duke. Okay, so then he gets a second one. R.J. Barrett misses it on purpose, but as he's missing it on purpose, it bounces in. He makes it. So it's a 68 to 64 game. Well, Cam Reddish commits a foul, but what the problem with this was? This was Duke's fourth foul of the half. So they had to foul at least three more times with six seconds remaining to at least send them to the free throw line. Did not work well for Duke. Well, they throw the ball in and got it into, um, don't remember if it was was to Winston or uh, someone else, got the ball in to Michigan State, and they couldn't foul. He just ran right by him. Couldn't get it. Time expired. And Duke's magical season with Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, this really good team, is over. And just to kind of give you the box score of it, um, leading for Michigan State, Cassius Winston, 20. And, of course, Zion Williamson for Duke hit 24 points and 14 rebounds. R.J. Barrett, 21 points, 6 assists, and 6 rebounds. And Duke, season is over by one point to Michigan State. Michigan State takes that last spot, going to the Final Four. They lost with Zion for 24 and RJ 21. Oh, man. I need more tissues. But, Rough. man, there went my bracket. Duke, Duke, you let me down again. Kentucky, UNC, Duke, all the blue bloods, blue bloods just let me down. A lot of brackets were busted this week. I have to say, I think I, probably, I don't know how many people, a majority of people probably had Duke winning it all. It was like the easiest, the heavy favorites coming in the tournament. It was like, oh yeah, Duke's easily going to win. No one can stop them. But we saw throughout the tournament that they got lucky. UCF could have beaten them at the buzzer. And we thought that one was a fluke because they had 7-6 Taco Fall. So we thought Duke would be back. They'd be better against Virginia Tech. But then, yeah, that didn't happen. Virginia Tech missed the shot to send it to overtime. Now, had they gone to overtime, we don't know what would have happened. But could have been there. And then you get Michigan State. And I've said it. I said it on our last couple episodes. I said, you give me this match of a Michigan State and Duke, Michigan State wins because on threes. Now, the stats-wise, Michigan State shot 31%, 6 for 19. They were off. Duke shot 7 for 21. Duke actually had a little bit better of a three-point percentage than Michigan State. But Michigan State pulled this out barely, and they got the stops they needed. They only had six free throws. They were two for six. Duke was eight for 13. I mean, 61% is not good, but 33% for Michigan State's awful. They only got six free throws the whole game. They were still able to beat Duke, get the stops they needed. Both teams that, you know, you watch the game, both teams went cold at a time. I mean, you know, every you know it's the game of runs. That's what basketball is. So, you know, they go on a 9-0 run, maybe they go on a 7-0 run, and then no one can shoot for like five minutes, and it's upsetting to watch. They were able to get this done, and Duke I, this was the matchup I wanted to see, and this was the matchup I knew Duke was going to lose to because this team, with, led by legendary coach Tom Izzo, really is prepared. They've got to play Texas Tech coming up. This is going to be a fun matchup to watch. Texas Tech has dismantled. They took down Gonzaga. They, they you know had a great win against Buffalo. This is a team, too, that really plays very well. But I'm pulling Michigan State. I think Michigan State can still beat them. I think this is a championship-caliber team, really, in Michigan State. There's a reason they're here in the Final Four, and really a good squad to watch, fun to watch. They play high energy. 
Yeah, Tech destroyed Michigan as well. But yeah, I think Michigan State and Virginia are the heavy favorites right now to be in the championship and then win. So I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be between Michigan State and Virginia. But yeah, I was traveling this weekend. I get the notification, close game, Virgi um, Virginia Purdue. So I turn it on with about two minutes left on my phone. I'm just sitting there watching. Like, ah, oh, dang, Purdue's gonna win. They've got this secured. There goes my bracket again. No teams left. But then yeah, they get the tipped rebound past the half court. The point guard chunks it down, and then just a buzzer beater. I. I was I was I was impressed. I was happy Virginia won. Give me some more points for my bracket, which I don't need anymore because it's busted. It's over. Bracket it's over. is busted. Dang. Yeah. But coming up, these final four games having Auburn Virginia will be fun to watch. That's going to be Saturday at five o'clock Central Time, and then seven fifty Central Time. Texas Tech and and Michigan State all going to be played at US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's going to be fun to watch. And really, I like these four because who had Auburn? Really, not many, I don't think. Who had Texas Tech? I wouldn't say many. You know, I mean, probably some more, more, more than, than Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Michigan State, I'm sure there's a lot, you know, a lot of people. You look at the bracket, but you'd probably say they're going to lose to Duke. So maybe not as many as well. And I think I'm sure a lot of people had Virginia. And when I, when I saw that bracket at the beginning of the year, uh, or not the beginning of the year, a couple weeks ago when this tourney stuff feels like a year, right? That I thought v that Virginia was going to have the easiest of them all to get to the Final Four. I really did. I mean, sure, yeah, you'd have that matchup with Purdue. That'd be their toughest one. But, you know, playing, um, I can't even remember who they played in the first round again. Uh, uh, you know. Some prairie? No. no I some, some. Can't even remember yeah. <laughs> it so long ago. I guess I could look it up. I got the stats right here. But they had that. Then they play Oklahoma. And then, you know, you just they just move through the bracket. They play Oregon. And they play these close games, but they play the way that they know how to play. And so they're able to close it out. They're able to get the defensive stops. They're one of the best defensive teams. I mean, out of these four, I would say they are probably the best defensive team, then Tech, then tech and then probably Michigan State, and then, you know, Auburn. So, I mean, how cool would it be? I mean, it would hurt my bracket considerably. I don't want this, but if it was Auburn Tech in the finals, because for both teams never making it this far, great for their programs. But personally for me, for my sake of my bracket, I want Michigan State-Virginia, and I've got Virginia winning it all. So I want to see that matchup. But if Auburn and uh, Texas Tech could get in there as well, I don't think you can really hate that. Two fun, two programs that are fun to watch. No, yeah, I don't think anyone picked those games or picked those teams to go that or in the championship. I definitely didn't. I thought Tech would lose. I thought they would win at least one game for sure, but probably be out by Sweet 16. Yeah, they've they've gone far, which I didn't think would happen. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it later in the week. We'll talk both matchups later this week. But you got anything else to add about our crazy brackets, March man, March sadness? Oh, this is March happiness for me. I'm feeling good. But it's it's weird because the first few rounds there were no upsets. Everyone. There were 12 versus 5s, but everyone picked them. Well, in the good old 13 versus 4, yeah. UC Irvine yeah. being K-State. Yeah, a lot of people picked them, but no major, major upsets that no one saw coming until just the last two rounds, last two days. It's gotten good. It's gotten real good. Yeah. Man, so that'll do it for March Sadness. Now we go to On This Day in History. Oh, yeah. So On This Day, the the two greatest men to ever live. Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs found Apple Computer in the garage of Jobs' parents' house 
in Cupertino, California. Thank you. Thank you for Apple. God bless you. Like, literally. Just God bless them. Legends. Legends. Legends right there. So I've got, on April 1st, in 1980, the great, the great Wayne Gretzky. Okay? Is that a softball player? Get out. <laughs> Sorry, Braxton's done here, so it'll just be me the rest of the time. Wayne Gretzky breaks Bobby Orr's record with his 103rd assist. Bam. Breaking records in 1980, Wayne Gretzky on this day. Bam. Basketball? Get out. <laughs> Told you to get out. Leave. Just leave. Don't say anymore. You're done. Okay. So, yeah, that's my on this day. I mean, it's not basketball. That was hockey. Do All you, hockey. Do you know his daughter? I don't. No, me neither. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what we're saying. What? She she married Dustin, or she was, what, girlfriend with Dustin Johnson? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then he dumped her for someone else. Mm. I Dang. wouldn't want to mess with Wayne Gretzky's daughter like that. Nope. He's breaking a sis. He'll break his nose. <laughs> Come at you with, oh, yeah. Come at you with some hockey sticks. Yeah. Hey, did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you now. It's I love water basketball. polo. Okay. <laughs> You're still done. Let's just know. Nope. What else do we got? We got the rookie of the year race. It's heating up. Trey Young, Luka Doncic. Me and you have opposing views on who should win. I think it should be Ben Simmons. <laughs> Did you not hear me a minute ago? <laughs> Just get out of here. Gosh. Ben Simmons, Boo. man. Rookie of the year. Times yeah, two. Yeah, rookie of the year like, what, five years ago, even before he was in the league? It feels like it. Gosh, he's, he's always around. <laughs> Maybe I always Don- want to call him that. Maybe we can give it to Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, there you go. I think Dirk. Dirk should get it. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, rookie D-Wade. of the year. D-Wade's better. No, he's not. Yes, yeah, he is. Get out of here. <laughs> this is my podcast. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Yeah, so what else you got? Okay, so tell me why you think whoever you think is going to win, whatever. Well, did you see his game today? Yeah, I did. I did. His buzzer beater against Milwaukee yeah. to win the game. Really great. With 12-5 and 16. Dude, is, dude, average, dude had 16 assists in that game. And then he's continuously dropping 25 and 9 a night. His last six games... 30 points, or he has six 30 point games, 10 assist games, and moved past MJ and Curry for second most all time by a rookie. So he's had six 30 point, 10 assist games. And then he's overcome everyone, calling him a bust before he even entered the draft. Even though a month into the league, everyone was calling him a bust, saying that Dallas won the trade. And then you got Atlanta and the Mavs, they have similar records. So I mean, they're both even. Maybe you can say Luca plays in the West, but eh, whatever. And then he's got praise from CB3, Spida, Kuz, Lamelo Ball, and then D Book, Blake, and Buddy Heald. Most of them saying he should win Rookie of the Year. Spida Mitchell said that as well. And then his the he's got the second most games um, with four, 15 assist games, only behind Russell Westbrook with 10. And then. This is big. He's the second NBA rookie ever with 1,400 points and 600 assists. That That's an insane stat. So, yeah, there's there's my reason for Trey Young to be rookie of the year. Well, I'm going to say that you're wrong. Um, 
because you really are. You're flat out wrong. How? Luka Doncic has this in the bag, and I've said this. And SportsCenter posted this a couple weeks ago, I think, and they, they said, oh, yeah, who's you know going to be rookie of the of the year? And I love the comments because whoever – I give credit to whoever said this. They were like, um, yeah, really good job looking at the stats from, like, the All-Star break. Trey Young has gotten considerably better over the All-Star – from the All-Star break. So if you're looking at half of the season, yeah, he's definitely gotten a lot closer. But look at the entire season as a whole right here. And so let's take a look at the stats. Wait, wait, Kai had one thing. He had one bad November. That's it. The rest of the year he's averaging okay. the same. Yeah. Luca's uh, been well, averaging. Luka, he's Luka, had a terrible March. Luca, I think. So they both even out. Terrible March. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, look. I mean, he, yeah, he, he didn't even play against Oklahoma City over the weekend because he rested him. Well, he's, I mean, he's he got sucks. a little banged up, banged up knee or whatever. But this is a Luka Doncic that I, and I believe had four straight months of Western Conference Rookie of the Month. Okay? So he has been dominant as ever. This is a guy who's averaging 21 point points a game compared to Trey Young's 18.9. Luca has .3 blocks a game compared to Trey's .2. Steals per game, Luca's 1.1 compared to Trey's .8. The only stat Trey beats Luca in is assists per game. Trey's got a Doncic 5.9. But in rebounds, Doncic is 7.6 compared to Trey's 3.6. This is a guy that I, I, I forgot how many triple doubles he had as a teenager. 19 years old dominating and this is a guy now that the Mavericks have made the trade he's he's almost averaging triple double or getting these I mean he's you know getting the points he's you know either getting the assist or coming up close to the rebounds but Trey Trey Young don't get me wrong is great for Atlanta Luka Doncic is great for Dallas Luka Doncic is the rookie of the year because what he's done from the beginning he's made a splash since he entered in the league Trey took time to warm up like I've said, I think Trey will close the gap, but he will be runner-up. Luka Doncic has already gotten this in the bag, and he is deserving. He's Look at the stats. A little bit better in some categories. Yes, Trey's kind of gone on fire and helped Atlanta get a few more wins. And yes, he's gotten a little fame, too, with some buzzer beaters, but look at Luka Doncic. Look at what he's been able to do all season long. Look what he's able to do in getting a couple of triple-doubles as the Mavericks traded away pretty much the whole roster. He's been able to do everything himself. Luka Doncic's rookie of the year right there. I mean, I think we can both agree. I think that both teams won the trade. Do you think that? Yeah, that's what I said. But Trey's good for Atlanta. Well, yeah. Luka's good for Dallas. Yeah, you both won the trade. I mean, that's fine. Atlanta needed him. Dallas needed Luka. Perfect. But, but you're it, looking it's, at... Yeah, yeah okay, it's you, so close. Yes, because Trey, so Trey has gotten a couple buzzer beers in the last couple weeks. And, you know, he's had some great scoring performances and great double-doubles with high assist numbers. But even if even if Luka is not, you know, at getting 40 points or something, what Trey might be getting one night, you look at it and you go, okay. But Luka against the Warriors had a triple-double just about a week and a half ago, a triple-double in three quarters. He did not play the entire fourth, and the Mavericks blew out the Warriors by like 30. They didn't even need Luka in the fourth quarter. He had a triple-double through three quarters. This kid's special. Trey. So he may not get 30-plus points. He could get 20-something, but he may get that 10 or 11 assist. He may get that 10 or 11 rebounds, and there's your triple-double. Kind of almost comparison, in a way, to a guy in Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook, who kind of does everything for them. Hmm. Yeah. 
interesting kind of similar stats. And Lucas kind of got this James Harden. I mean, there was a stat that had that I saw the other day. I think Sports Center also tweeted out that showed like you know the step backs and James Harden, of course, beating everybody big time because that's his signature move. But Luca was second to him. Who plays better defense, Luca? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean James Harden. Come on, does he even try? Luca tries. Yeah. Now Luca, you know, he kind of. There's times that you know I can see similar James Harden. Like, okay, you need to kind of step up a little bit. But the way he's playing, fine. That's yeah, his game. Luca reminds us of James Harden. We see Trey Young remind us of Steph Curry. But would you be open the, to the idea of co-rookie of the years? No, because there's it's. Luca has got this. Trey will get close, but I don't believe that they are both co. I mean, it was great what he's doing, and he's catching fire, but he's not surpassed Doncic for what Doncic has done all season. And besides, looking at the stats, there's only, I mean, if you're going off assists, okay, yeah, Trey's got it. But rebounds, steals, blocks, and points all favor Luka. Okay, I feel like blocks and rebounds, I mean, they should favor him. He's a lot taller. He plays more inside. Okay, so we're just going to ignore that category for a rookie of the year? Yeah. Okay, then fine. Then DeAndre Ayton doesn't even get a shot because he rebounds too much. So no, we're we're gonna. Well, throw that's, out his any stat. We're gonna throw that's his position. That's his position. Yeah, but we'll throw out any any rookie. If you're just gonna ignore rebounds, why? That's part of it. And if sorry, if he's better than Trey on that, that helps Luca's case right there that he rebounds, and he gets assists, and he's outscoring because he's done it all year. I mean, remember, I, I what was the stat? There was something comparing him to Michael Jordan and LeBron. Yeah, we've got plenty of stats comparing Trey Young to Curry, Oscar Robertson. And yeah, what he's done LeBron. recently, yes, he set some good records as a rookie. Like, he's caught but, fire, but that's recently. That's after the All-Star break. Look at the whole year. Luka has already made himself highlights in the first week of the NBA season. Yeah, but and he hasn't made highlights the, since the All-Star break. Maybe that one triple double, but it's both ways. You gotta look at the stats, but you're wrong on there. Look at the stats between before the All Star break as well. Yes, and that will favor Luca heavily, heavily, not heavily, no, heavily. No, yes, it will, no, and you're wrong. No, you are wrong. No. Heavily, it favors Luca before the All Star break. Trey has caught fire. Yes, and I, I keep saying that, but Luca has done it the whole season. Trey has done it since after the All Star break and really caught fire and and, and done you know done really well so yeah just what they've done for both their cities and their teams is just great it's remarkable how two rookies can just come in and just be all-stars on their team first year all-stars so i mean both teams are in great hands with trey and luca they're they're gonna be around for 10 years 10 15 years i think maybe one of them could lead them to a title we'll see but you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think if you if you're you know Atlanta, you you know got the young pieces that you can you can uh, you know you'll you'll have a team coming up in the next couple of years. It, it, the Mavericks are further along in that process, and the Mavericks with Luca and and the rest of the team, and see what they can do with their cap space in the off season. I really expect the Mavericks to be a playoff team next year if they if you know depending on what we talked earlier in the show with Porzingis, what happens with that, 
and what free agent they can spend their money on, and if they don't have to give Atlanta their their pick for next year. And it all depends on if the Mavericks can keep the if they can get the top five in the draft next year. They'll keep it and won't have to give it to Atlanta until 2020. So that that's very key. I mean, the Mavericks are further along in their process. They've got some really good pieces. They've hung around with a lot of teams. Um, they just you know ended up maybe you know squandering it away in the last few minutes or whatever. And that's that's fine because maybe there's this kind of you know tanking that's going on behind the scenes even though they're not going to call it tanking but I'm sure there's some strategy behind it or if not they've just choked it away but they're closer this is a Mavericks team again that beat the Warriors by 35 beat the Warriors by 35 yeah they didn't have Steph Curry but so what they had Durant they had Steph uh, they had Clay they had a, you know they had the t- this team. So. We have seen that happen a lot this year, though, with the Warriors. Yeah, but I mean, the Mavericks have hung out with it, you know, hung with them all season. The Mavericks have hung. They, they beat Oklahoma City this weekend, and Oklahoma City has not done well, you know, after the All Star break. But they're still, a, you know, playoff team. This is a team that can hang with anybody. They probably just lose close, or they have a bad night and lose by a lot. I mean, yeah. you know, it's back and forth. But again, I, I, I as we talked about it, both teams have won their trade. They got the players that they needed, but. Looking at it, Luca is the rookie of the year, and he's been it since day one, and he's going to get it when the season's over. So, and yeah, these two players are just completely close. Here's some other stats that just show how close they are. Trey Young, um, through the whole season, averaging 18 point, 18.7, 7.9 assists, 3.6 rebounds. But since the All Star break, he's averaging 23, 9, and 4.6. And then Luca, throughout the whole year, has been has been averaging 21, 7.6, 5.8. And he's um, on track to become the first rookie since MJ to average 21, 6, and 5. And then the also, he also has a true shooting percentage of 54.7%, while Trey is at 53.2. And then Donkic usage has been through the roof with 30.2% usage while just playing 32 minutes a game, while Trey's is 28% playing through 31 minutes a game. So, I mean, they're close in just close, every category. But, but, you know, Doncic does edge him out in every sta- in every category. And so you look at those and you go, there's no way you can say Trey's better than Luka in this, to win the Rookie of the Year when you see every stat slightly edge to Luka's way. I mean, what there's no material to say, yeah, Trey should get it. Okay, just because Trey got a game winner and you get all these, you know, retweets on social media, whoa, you know, that's, that's why Trey should win it. You know, and I, th- I think it would be great for the NBA if they had co-rookie of the years. I, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, that's not taking away any anything from Trey Young if he doesn't win it. He's a great player. What we've seen, he's done really well in his role with the Atlanta Hawks. But there's no there's no sense to share this this title when the stats point towards Luka Doncic. So I mean, that's that's the argument I've got for it. And I'm going, Luka is going to win at the end of the year. And even if Luka has, in the last six or seven games, whatever, then, you know, I, he'll still get it. Even if he has six straight bad games, he's still going to get it. He's yeah. done enough. Yeah, we'll see when, when the award time comes. We'll see who wins. Maybe you can give us your thoughts on our Twitter page, at Burgers Brots on Twitter. Follow us. Retweet us. Go comment on our stuff. We always love feedback. And getting into arguments with our fans. But then we'll move into who would share a burger and brought with. You want me to start or you want to go, Matt? I'll go ahead and go. So uh, I'm going to share a burger and brought with a uh, rich man tonight, Xander Bogarts, the shot, shortstop from the Boston Red Sox. Boo. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, finalizing a seven year deal of $132 million 
extension to stay with the Red Sox. So the Red Sox got him locked up. He's only 26 years old, so he will be there for a very long time. So uh, let's have a burger and brat on you, right, Xander? All right, thanks. <laughs> but what's up with all these MLB players signing these long contracts? Oh, because the free agent market's messed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm going with a, a baby shark. Boo, boo, doo, 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 doo. So he, he's going to need one after this. Three people... Sneak or er, snatch a small shark from a pool at a San Antonio aquarium and smuggle him out in a baby carriage. You smuggle him out in a baby carriage over the weekend. So one suspect is in custody. The shark is alive and well, and it's on his way back to the aquarium where he's going to need a burger and brat after that. After that ride, so people that. will do weird things. How, That's weird. How do you put him in a baby carriage? How and do you how, get it out? And how do people not notice? <laughs> Are people just blind to the, like the sense of oh yeah, I mean that's your normal baby shark in a carriage. What weird? Literally, they're. Weird I hope they have people. pictures. Yeah, I mean, could you just imagine like looking at a security camera and you see, wow, that's one ugly, not ugly, one big baby, kind of ugly, probably big teeth. Yeah, I wonder how big it was because it said it was a baby shark, so. Now, see, that's a song that will get stuck in your head. It's a good song. And our listeners are going to thank us for that. Really going to thank you. So if you really want to send a hate mail, fan mail, send it to Braxton Poe, P.O. Box. No, I'm just kidding. Blame him for getting that song stuck in your head because it's already stuck in mine and I already hate you. What song? Well... While you're listening to that song on Spotify, you can also follow us on Spotify at Burgers Brats, all underscore, one, all conjoined, one word. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for the follows. See you guys talk March Madness later in the week.